Welcome to Grace Community Church On Demand, the weekly podcast from the Sunday services at Grace Community Church in Rupert, Idaho. Here at Grace, we believe in building the kingdom of God one person at a time. We're passionate about loving God, loving people, and following Jesus. Let's get into this week's message with Pastor Travis Turner. We've been in a series called Check the Pulse. Check the Pulse. Check the Pulse is what I would consider to be a medical term. I want to encourage you to check the pulse in every aspect of your life at least once a year, maybe even more than that, right? Financially, today we're checking the pulse on relationships, right? How am I doing in the area of relationships? You know, can I be doing better? You know what I mean? Do I have strong relationships, deep relationships, or do I just have shallow relationships? You know, what... What areas in my relationships could use a little bit more attention? How am I at making new friends? How am I at furthering the friendships of the people that I would already call friend, right? How are my family relationships? Are there wounds? Are there pains? Are there, are there struggles and issues that I've just kind of, you know, just kind of just avoided or, or walked around? So today, guys, we're checking the pulse on our relationships. And I've titled today's message, Relation Transformation. The Relation Transformation. We've all heard cool sayings like birds of a feather flock together, right? That means that people that are like-minded are going to, you're not going to see chickens flying with eagles, or you shouldn't see eagles flying with chickens, We've heard statements, this was from a good friend of mine that, uh, that coined this, and I've used this many times, that life travels at the speed of relationship. Really what that means is it's the people in your life, the people that you share life with are going to help you to get where you need to get, or they're going to hold you back from, you know, where God's designed and, and planned for you to go. Life travels at the speed of relationships. Or we've heard, it's not what you know, but who you know, know, right? Like relationships are important. And today when we're talking about a relation transformation, the very word transformation means this, to take an area in society and make it better. My question right out of the gate is, is, is can you make the relationships that you have in your life right now better? Is there room for improvement? Can you grow in those areas? It also means a thorough or a dramatic change in form or appearance. Right out the gate, I want to share with you, number one, my first point is this. Build relationships God's way and not the world's way. What's the world? How does the world approach relationship? What the, how do they view relationship? The world's view of relationship is self-centeredness, right? It's good while it's good. And then when it's not good anymore, I can get rid of it, right? They're kind of throwaway relationships. The world's view of relationship is what's in it for me. It's self-centered, it's superficial, and it's driven by personal gain. But God's idea of relationships is centered around selflessness. God's idea is all about giving more than Receiving God's idea is about love and unity. God's idea for relationship is based on forgiveness and commitment. 
See, God is a God of relationship. You can't get too far into the book without realizing that the main reason, the only reason why God sent his only begotten son is so that the relationship between God and man could be restored. How many of you would give up one of your own children to restore a relationship that's been broken? You'd be willing to sacrifice that beautiful thing in order for a relationship to be restored. Aren't you glad that God doesn't deal with us like we deal with one another? The world sees God's love through our relationships. So what we need to know here is is that the, the way that you deal with other people should show that you have a relationship with God. But you know what I see very often, and, and listen, I know we're a work in progress, and I know that just because we receive Jesus doesn't mean that things are beautiful and perfect overnight. Can I get a good amen there? How many of you would say, I'm a work in progress? How many of you at times would say that you thought you were further along than you really are, right? But what we see is what we see is, the, is that old world definition of what relationship is all about, infiltrating into the church. And so because we're hurt and, and we've been wounded and, and, and somebody has just mistreated us, we have taken liberty, somebody say liberty, to act as the world acts. But God says this, that if you're in relationship with me, the way that you treat other people should show that. But I think that sometimes people, we do a good job at, at, at bringing God into certain areas of our life, but keeping him out of other areas of our life. We bring God into the easy areas of our life, but we push God out of the hard areas out of, of our life. How many of you know that nothing is hard for God, but it's hard for us? And so we're just like, it's okay for me to respond or act in, in this way. But you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that they will know, Joe, that you are my disciple. Jesus is saying this about you. The world's going to know that you're a disciple of Christ. How? In and through the way that you love one another. Now, is it talking about just loving people whenever they love you? No, that's not what it's talking about. Because it addresses that same thing. You know what I mean? How special is it? For you to love somebody that is just throwing all kinds of love your direction. It's not that special. In fact, that's what the world does. I'm going to serve people that serve me. There's nothing special in that, right? But whenever somebody is despitefully using me, when somebody is harming me, when somebody is out to get, or when somebody is just, you know what I'm saying? They're confused in their own life. Like, am I going to respond in part? No, 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 no. Not if you're a follower of Jesus. You're going to respond very differently. Let me just ask you this. What would it be like if the Lord treated you like you treat other people? If the Lord said this, I will serve you as long as you serve me. I will love you as long as you love me. I will forgive you as long as you forgive me. I'm telling you what, the church would look very different. I'm so grateful that God said, I love you because I love you. And, 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 and there, was a, there, was a, there was literally, initially was based off of a no strings attached. You are mine because I've created you and I love you and I'm going to change you and I'm going to transform you, right? 
But I didn't have to clean up before I could say I'm his. All I had to do is receive him. Amen? Is there anybody here this morning that that's pretty encouraging to? You know what I'm saying? Like, I am so grateful. I am so grateful. And, um, and so God's idea is different than our idea many times. That's John 13, 35. How will they know that you are his disciples? By the way that you love one another. See, culture, in our culture today, in a worldview today, we have so many fake friends that sometimes it skews our judgment what a real friend is supposed to look like. We've got so many fake friends. Fake friends are, are all about likes and follows, right? That's what we've kind of dwindled real relationship down. You know what I'm saying? Like you're a friend. If you follow me on Facebook, if you like whatever, you know, my, 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 my comments, if you give me a heart on my Instagram, you know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're friends. And so sometimes we can have so many fake friends because they like and follow us that we don't know what a real friend is. What is a real friend? Is it shallow or is it deep? Is it something that you could just walk away from and discard or is it worth fighting for? See, the truth is, is many times because we feel like we've got so many friends, many times we're so willing, you know what I mean, to walk away from one friend because we have a thousand more or two thousand more. I think, I think on my Facebook page, I think I've got like 4,500 friends, 4,500 friends. And man, if I felt like that was my identity, it might make me feel pretty good. But the truth is, is I've met people out in town and I'll be like, hey, Travis Turner. Yeah, I know you. You do? Where Have we met? Be We're Facebook friends. <laughs> Well, I'm like, how good of friends really are we if I don't even recognize who, you know what I mean, you are? So let me just, let me give you the first challenge here today. The first challenge is this. <laughs> Instead of looking for the next like or follow, how about we work at the relationships that we're already connected with? How about we really get to know those people that say, I'm a friend of yours and you're a friend of mine, Amen. I think that's a good place, to, good place to start. I want us to know this, that God calls us to fight for relationship. Like if you're going to, if you're going to have meaningful relationships in your life, like you're going to have to fight for them. I'm going to talk about this throughout because every single person that you choose to do life with, at some point or another, you're going to have a problem with that person. And once again, is your resolve going to be to cut bait and run? Or is it going to be to fight for it and see what God can do through it? Now, please, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, there's some times that for a period of time, you have to sever the relationship. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But at the same time that you may put it on pause for a period of time, I hope you're still believing that God can show up and restore what the enemy has stolen. Amen? 
How many of you believe that this morning, that God is a God of miracles? We just, we just sang all about it. We were like doing the sway back and forth. But do you believe that God is able to do a miracle in the areas of your relationships? Do you believe it? I think a lot of the times the reason why we don't receive what it is that God says is because the truth is, and this is the humanity part of us, right? I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything really wrong with this, but it needs some attention. A lot of the reason why we don't receive what it is that God has for us is truly because at the end of the day, we don't trust him. We don't trust him. And, and let's be honest, like, like I've been there. Let's be honest, you've been there. But the idea is whenever we identify areas where we don't trust him, let's fix those areas. Let's give some, it's like a bridge that, you know what I mean? That you can see the crack running from the top of it all the way through it. It's like, listen, instead of just hoping that it gets better, how about we stop traffic and get the people out there that can fix it, amen? Instead of the problem, you know, instead of allowing the problem to become major, let's fix it while it's minor. Wow, that's good. I didn't even share that first service. All right. Number two is this. Purposeful connections are powerful. I want to encourage you to develop your friends on purpose and for purpose. The Bible is full of instruction on how we should choose our friends. Proverbs 13, 20 says this. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Wow, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand God's word. Like if you're here and you're just like, listen, I just really wish I had more wisdom in my life. I wish I was just, I wish I was getting better at making decisions and, and, and whatnot. Like the first place to begin, because the Bible addresses it head on, is like, listen, who are you walking with? Because of a companion of fools suffers harm. But if you want to become wise, walk with wise people. See, some of us, what the Lord is calling us to right now is just to diversify a little bit more. Like the Lord's saying, listen, bring some people, come on, that have some experiences that you don't have. Maybe have some wisdom that you don't have. Maybe have some years that you don't have. And begin to share life with these people because wisdom comes when you share life with wise people. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 26 says this. The righteous, they choose their friends carefully. It doesn't say that they choose their friends casually. They choose their friends carefully. Like, be careful who you bring in close and at what speed you bring them in close. Don't be so casual with your friendships. And young people, I just want to encourage our young people here, don't wait until you're older, come on, to start making better decisions. You know what I mean? Don't make bad decisions when you're younger and just say, oh, it's just no big deal. I'm just young, right? If you're young, start making good decisions, wise decisions today. And if you don't know what a good and wise decision is, then go to somebody that you trust that does and then trust them enough, you know what I mean, to, to walk that out. Because listen, I promise you, you may be young today, but tomorrow when you're old, and that's about as fast as it goes, you're young a second, and then you're old. You're like, man, where did time go? But I'm, I, am, I am in that category. What category? The old category. I don't know how I got here. I'm not quite sure if I like it, but I'm here. 
And so listen, if you make good decisions when you're young, it's going to make the latter years of your life a whole lot better. Amen? Is anybody here? Come on, I thought Penny Main would be shouting from the rooftops, right? <laughs> She's like, hallelujah. Proverbs 27, 17, Joe Cook on the front row brought this to our attention in our pre-service prayer today. He said, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Right? How many of you have heard that before? As iron sharp, we're going to do a little iron sharpening as the men go, go up north for our men's advance this week. I'm so excited about that. We're going to have some really cool services, and that's great. But you know what I'm really looking forward to is campfires and coffee and conversation. Ooh, that's a good shirt. Let's make it up right now before I forget. Campfires, coffee, and conversation. The three C's and Christianity. Ooh, that's good. That's good. I'm on a roll today. Campfires, coffee, and conversation. That's really what I'm, what I'm hungry for. I've been so stinking busy lately, running, 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 running. I need some campfires, coffee, and conversation. I think God is glorified in those things, amen. But you know what the problem is? We're iron deficient. You know what the problem is? We love, man, iron sharpens iron. One man sharpens another. The problem is, is we're anemic. The problem is, is we need more iron in our diet. Some of you need to eat some red meat. Need to take a pill. Because you don't have enough iron. What am I saying? Spiritually, we love the idea of iron sharpening iron, but that's hard. What we like more than iron sharpening iron is gathering unto ourselves people that will tell me, that I'm just doing fine when I'm not. That, hey, I don't have a need to change when I do. You know, they're just, like, like you deserve to feel the way that you feel. There's no iron sharpening iron in that. And guess what? If you're fortunate enough to have a friend that tells you that you're an heir in how you're thinking or what you're speaking or what it is that you're doing, well, we're so mamby-pamby we're so spineless today. What we do is we separate from those relationships. You know what a big thing is today? Unfriending. Blocking. How silly are we? Passive-aggressive. I'll put a smile on my face from a distance. Walled up and isolated. Pretty weak. Why? Because we're anemic. We don't like somebody coming to us and saying, hey, listen, you're better than that. And so the result of that is surface-level relationship. What we see has infiltrated the church is the same thing that you're going to find in the world. I'm telling you, 
I got 4,500 friends or something like that on Facebook. Many of them I do not know. Many of them I do not have a great relationship with or no relationship at all. You know what's different between that and when I was in the bar drinking with a bunch of people, I was surrounded by people all the time. You know what was different than that and all my Facebook friends? Nothing. There was no commitment. There was no, there was, there was no, there was no stick-to-itiveness. There was no, there was no, I didn't have to be placed in an uncomfortable situation because when the uncomfortable showed up, when I was in the bar three nights a week, people would just leave you. But they would come when people were, when everything was just fine and okay. How many of you know that our relationship should show better than that now that we're in the Lord? Amen. The enemy knows the power of relationship. This is why from the very first relationship between Adam and Eve, there was division. Cain and Abel, there was division. Fast forward a little bit, Jacob and Esau, there was division. And guess what? Thousands of years later, there's still division because the truth is that the enemy sometimes knows the importance, the power, the awesomeness of relationship. The enemy recognizes that more than we do. And so he's on an all-out assault to destroy, to harm, to hurt, to rob from the relationships in our life. And he's banking on the fact that we're not going to recognize how important they are. So my encouragement to you is to look at your relationships differently. My encouragement is to seek out meaningful relationships, purposeful relationships in your life. And I can promise you this, if you're out there looking for them, if you're looking to develop them, you're going to find them in strange places and they're going to be built with strange people, meaning they're going to be different than you are. Some of the greatest relationships and friends that you're going to find in life are going to be people that are very different than how you are. They're going to think differently. They're not going to come from the same places that you've come from. They're not going to have the same education that you've had. Get some diversity in your connections. Number three is this. Work hard to restore broken relationships. How many of you know that God's glorified when hearts are mended. God is so glorified when, when hearts are mended, when hurts are healed, right? When we say, God, I trust you enough to be vulnerable again, and it was through my vulnerability that I was hurt in the first place, but I trust you enough to be vulnerable again. Walking with others is tough, and I totally understand why, why somebody might say, you know what, I'm just done with people. Daniel, have you ever been done with people? You ever been there? More than you know? I'm just done. Like, like working with people, walking with people is hard. You know what I mean? I can understand why people would just remove themselves and say, listen, I'm just going to do me. And all I got to do is worry about me. But man, oh man, what a lonely existence. There's nothing more sad then when a person's lived the fullness of their life and there's, there's a couple people that show up, but those people are just family and they show up out of obligation. Why? Because there were no deposits. There were no, there were no fingerprints. There was no, there was no legacy. There's no influence. There was no time shared 
And so while people show up, they show up out of obligation. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 says this, and this is Jesus that says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. See, there's order in how the Lord instructs us. So he says, love the Lord your God, right, first. And this is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. See, I don't think it's possible to love our neighbor as ourself until we first love the Lord with all of our heart, all our mind, and all of our soul, and all of our strength, right? There's something that happens whenever we realize that the Lord loves us so much, and it's not based on performance. It's just based on the simple fact that he loves you. He loves you. And so out of this place of receiving grace, out of this place of receiving love, now we're equipped and now we're able to really move in the miraculous ourselves. To treat you good, even though you're treating me not so good. And it hurts, right? Because we got feelings. This is what we would say. We would say, I would never do that to them, but they've done this to me. But sometimes, sometimes people, you know what I mean? They're going to experience the love of God in and through the way that you relate with them. Don't be like the world and give back what's given. Be like God and give what's undeserved. Be like God and give what's undeserved. Number four is this. There's beauty in extraordinary connections. Purpose is the thing that takes a relationship from ordinary to the extraordinary. Purpose. So listen. You love to hang out with people and go to coffee? That's wonderful. I love to golf. I got people that I'll golf with. There's nothing wrong with that. Others might hang out with people that love to shop or go hunting or shoot or whatever it is. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. You go shoot them up, big guy. Right? Have fun while you're doing it. But man, oh man, find some more purpose in the relationship than firing, firing rounds downrange. How about we bring the Lord into the center of that? How about we say, man... You know, we're different. Like, you got some strengths here, and I got some strengths here. What do you think God could do if we began to work together? And it doesn't have to be earth-shattering. It might be something small that God's able to use in a big way. But then again, what if it is earth-shattering? What if that partnership, come on, could reach thousands? Like, make some purpose. Bring purpose into your relationships, it's absolutely beautiful. But the problem is, is we link up with people too often, too soon, that have different motivations and they have different dreams than what we have. You know where I see this a lot is in marriage. I see it so often in a, even our community here. How many of you know we live in a very religious community? In fact, I would say it's almost odd if somebody doesn't go to church someplace. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody goes to church, and even if they don't go to church, they claim one. Right? All different kinds. All different, all different kinds. But this is what happens, is passion and attraction is what we build one of the most important relationships. And God bless passion. 
and God bless attraction, right? Let's not downplay those things, but if that is the only thing that you're building a marriage off of, trust me, it will not sustain the marriage. You better be linking up with somebody that is going the same direction. At least, at least, at least, they might not be going north, but at least make it like northeast. You know what I'm saying? Some, give yourself some room. You know, if they're going south and you're going north and the only thing that you have is passion and attraction, I'm sorry to say, short there being a miracle that comes, you will not remain together. But what's beautiful about this is the Bible talks so greatly about these things. Don't be unequally yoked. But yet we see people of different religions always linking up, hoping the best. Well, they say they profess in Jesus. They say this or they say that they went to church when they were a kid, but there's zero fruit in their life that God is, is, is even on the map, let alone a priority. But you're saying that this is the person that I want to shape my life with. And what happens is, is when that happens, you've got a family full of compromise. Nobody's doing anything that they desire because everything is, comprom everything is compromise. Well, I won't do this because he's not doing that. And I'm not going to do this because she's not going to do that. And so it's all compromise, a meeting in the middle and what happens is, is God's goals and dreams and the very things that he's created you to do will never be accomplished. And so young people, this is what I'm asking you to do. If you're married already, I'm not saying start looking elsewhere, man. You've made your bed. Make the best of it. And God can do a miracle. But I'm saying some of the biggest problems that we find ourselves in are, are situations where the Holy Ghost and everybody else around you is saying, but you're just like, passion and attraction speak so loudly on the front end, right? And God bless passion and attraction, right? Is everybody, <laughs> is every, <laughs> is everybody all right? If you could see what I see right now. Man, oh man. Is everybody all right? Like how many of you know that God wants you not to settle and he's got somebody beautiful come on for you to do life with and there's, gonna, there's, a, there's a multiplication factor, not a subtraction factor when you choose a partner that you're supposed to be with for the rest of your life. It's going to multiply. It's not going to take away. Like you're going to add to them. You, you're t you could be, my wife and I, I don't even know why I'm going on further, but we are so opposite. Everything that she's good at, I'm not. Everything that I'm good at, she doesn't want to have anything to do with. She like, she's happy. I mean, she's happy to let me stay in my lane. And it is crazy cool how God can use that. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because we're supposed to be together, no doubt. And there's a multiplication factor that comes along with that. So 
It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that it's without problems. Like you can have the kingdom of God in common, but you're still gonna have problems. So please don't think, oh man, I chose, <laughs> I chose the wrong one. We got problems. Listen, you could choose the right one 100% and still have problems. In fact, when you choose the right one, just expect the problems, right? Expect them. How many of you here would say that you've had relationships, not just surface level, but deep relationships for over 30 years? Anybody? Let me ask you just Dr. Deering, real quick. In those long-term relationships, did everything go 100% as planned all the time? Is that why you still have a 30-year relationship? Because there was no issues? No. So you face, you're telling me that you've got a 30-year committed relationship with somebody and there's been problems? How in the world did you get through that? Commitment. That's, ex that's exactly right. Listen, he said it. The connection is worth the commitment and the cost to keep it. That's a good shirt right there. The connection is worth the commitment and the cost. Somebody write that down. I'm going to miss it. The connection is worth the commitment and the cost to keep it. That's how. So this happens all the way back here. It happens at the beginning that, listen, this relationship is as important. It's so important to me. Like, I'm not foolish to think that we're not going to have problems, but I'm telling you what, the connection is worth the commitment and the cost. Well, what did I say? To keep. <laughs> commitment, cost, to keep the relationship. Right? Wow. It's good. All right, I'm going to close. We got a minute and 40 seconds left. I'm going to close. We skipped some things, but second service is the smart group of the, of the two. <laughs> Sorry, first service, if you're watching, I apologize. You know I say things about second service all the time. Yeah, worship team, come on up. The book of Ruth, I just want to bring this to a closure by sharing one of the most powerful stories in the Bible in the book of Ruth, there was a woman by the name of Naomi that had a brave moment. This woman had lost everybody that was important to her, or almost everybody. She lost her husband, and then roughly about 10 years later, she lost both of her sons. Like this woman has had some significant loss in her life. She had two people that were still close and connected to her. These two people was Orpah, not to be confused with Oprah and Ruth. These both were daughter-in-laws to her. You know, sometimes in life when you've had a great amount of loss, sometimes you're just striving to hold on to anything that will remain. Like you're grasping, you're grasping for anything. And so listen, this woman that's lost her husband and lost her two sons, like it would not be uncommon in her flesh to manipulate her daughter-in-laws and said, listen, you know what? I've been here with you this whole time. You need to stay with me. You need to remain. But see, she wasn't willing and nor did she, did she treat them like that. She wasn't willing to force them into a future that they didn't want to go in. So the Bible says in Ruth chapter one 
in verse 11, Naomi is saying this to her daughter-in-laws. She says this, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could bear or become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. And so listen, she's created this very special, beautiful, impactful moment. She's telling to the only two people that she has left in her life, she says, listen, this is where I'm going and I don't have anything to offer you. And in fact, she goes on to say, it would be better if you returned home to your people, come on to your town, your community, and served your God. It would be better for you because I have nothing to offer. And so here's the different responses of the daughter-in-laws. At this, both of them, Ruth and Orpah, they wept. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. So Orpah, this is, how, this is how Orpah treated the relationship. She was sad, yes, and she gave her a kiss, and she, she hugged her real quick, and she said, man, thank you so much. It was good while it lasted. But the truth is, is in her leaving, she was saying, Naomi, you really don't have anything else to offer me, so therefore, I'm cutting the relationship I wish you the best, and I'll think of you from time to time, but I've got to go now. That's how Orpah handled the statements that Naomi said. But Ruth, she handled it totally different. The Bible simply said that she clung to her. When we use the word cling, what do we, what do we mostly use that for? Clinging to life commitment, man. So whenever, whenever she clung to Naomi, how, I want you to think about this. You've lost your husband. You've lost your son. Come on. You're in this area, in this realm of bitterness. You've probably not felt human touch in a long while. And you certainly haven't felt this kind of human touch in a long, long while. Maybe, maybe as long ago as her husband and her sons had passed. But how beautiful would that be just to finally, not just a, not just a hug with a couple pats on the back, but a clinging to. That must have been so special. In that clinging, she was saying, listen, I'm committed to you for life. In fact, in verse 16, Ruth replied, so she's clinging. I believe that she's still holding on and she's saying, listen, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, clinging to her, maybe her neck, where you go, I'm going to go. And where you stay, well, I'm going to stay there too. And your people are going to be my people and your God is going to be my God. And where you die, I will die. And there, I will be buried. We are connected not just with an ordinary connection, 
but an extraordinary connection that goes beyond what you can offer me or I can offer you. I am committed to you and I'm going to be where you are in whatever state you're in. I'm going to be there and we're going to get through this thing together. And when Naomi realized the level of the relationship, she basically stopped fighting against it and said, come on, let's go. But how many of you know that just because you've got people that are willing to walk with you, it doesn't change things automatically. It doesn't change things automatically. Like the sun just didn't come out for Naomi at that moment. Things weren't changed in a moment. But she knew that she was not alone as well. See, I think some of us today, we need to pray against ordinary relationships. Because sometimes we will elevate ordinary relationships to an order, uh, extraordinary status. And then because we're not expecting or we've, missed, we've, we, we've got the wrong definition, we've misdefined what extraordinary relationships are, then we're never going to experience them because we're never... We're never looking for them. Number one, we're not committed to them. And we have no expectation for people to be committed to us. Because there's just so much hurt and pain and disappointment in the world today. And come on, there's no such thing as extraordinary relationships. Come on, you know, we live in 2023. People don't walk together like that anymore. See, you got to pray against the ordinary so that you can embrace the extraordinary you got to be looking for it so you can experience it and walk in it. My question is, how are you doing in the area of relationships? Let me just take you back to Ruth and Naomi just real quick. I want you to know that when Ruth and Orpah met Naomi, her name, the very name Naomi meant pleasant. Everybody loves to be around pleasant. Everybody loves pleasant. Man, I just feel so, I don't know, Naomi, I just, I feel so good when I'm around you. <laughs> pleasant, <laughs> pleasant speaks of hope. Pleasant speaks of joy. Pleasant speaks of love and fun. I just, I don't know what it is. About. Have you ever met somebody you're like, I, I just, that's weird, man. I don't know what it is. I just like you. I just want to spend a lot of time with you. And then other people around Christmas or Thanksgiving, they're not pleasant. <laughs> people that you wish were pleasant, so we love pleasant. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 20, Naomi's telling Ruth, she's like, listen, don't call me Naomi any longer. Don't call me pleasant Anymore, she told them, call me Mara. You know what Mara means? Bitter. Don't call me Naomi. You have misnamed me. I am bitter. Call me bitter. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. She's blaming God. She's in a negative space, in a negative place. Verse 21, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. He's done this to me. Why call me pleasant? Why call me Naomi? No, the Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune 
to me. See, everybody wants to be around pleasant, but nobody wants to be around bitter. Do you know how easy it would have been for Ruth at that moment to say, listen, I don't want to have anything else to do with you. Sever the relationship. You know what? You're kind of bringing me down a little bit. You're making my life a little bit hard because you can't get your stuff together. Almost going to sever this relationship. These guys are standing up here. I see them and I hear them shifting around. So I'm going to close. And we're going to sing a song. But this is what I want you to know. Is I want you to know because Ruth was willing to trust God in this relationship. And I want you to know that because Ruth was willing to stay committed and connected to a God relationship that God had in store for her. And I want you to know that that Naomi, even though she went through a bitter season in life, but she worked through her bitterness. I want you to know if you fast forward just a little bit, because of Naomi and that relationship, Ruth met a man. They got connected up. They got married. Ruth became pregnant with a child that led to the lineage of Jesus. So because Naomi was willing to work through her bitterness and Ruth was willing to trust God and encourage Naomi through the hardest times of her life, both of them were blessed because they remained connected and they fought through the hardships. They battled through the trouble. Why? Because the connection was worth the cost. And now we read thousands of years later about two people that didn't have it easy, but they did it right. And because they did it right, they get a share in the blessing of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, which by the way, BTW is why you and I are here today. It was through their lineage. It was through the baby that she carried, Ruth carried in her womb, that Jesus would eventually come. Amen. Relationships are worth fighting for. Relationships are worth taking past the superficial into the deep parts, the extraordinary parts, and your life will be blessed because of them. God bless you. That's it for today's teaching. Hey, here's an idea. Share today's message with a friend or family member. If you're listening from outside our fellowship, we'd love to meet you. Visit graceid.org and hit the contact form to get in touch. We'd also love for you to join us. You can even check us out on Facebook Live by searching Facebook for Grace Church Rupert ID. Learn more and plug in at graceid.org. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Grace Community Church.